should shut the door, probably. Wait, hold on. He, he's calling. He's calling. All right, everybody. Oh, should I put him on speaker? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And record. It is recording. Okay. David, yes? David, that thanks. Hey, Doug. How you doing, man? Did, did I just hang up on you? No. No, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I, I apologize. Uh, you know what? Your email does say Tuesday at 3 p.m. My bad. Yeah, so, the reason uh, I, I said uh, the reason I said Tuesday at 3 p.m. is because that's when I wanted us to get together. Jerk. Oh shoot! Really? I'm just kidding. Um, listen. Oh, um, you're giving me a heart attack, man. I'm dropping balls all over the place. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, if you still have some time free, can you want to head over? I mean, we're pretty casual here. We got the gang here, and and uh, you know, we'll only keep you for a half hour, so we're we're right. We're just a few blocks away. Um, oh crap! I totally apologize because you're doing. This is for the um, uh, podcast, podcast. The podcast, Doug. Yeah. Crap! How did I, I put that on my calendar? How did I get the wrong? I must have put it on the wrong day. Okay. Um. It sounds like you're you're slammed today. Good so. choice. You can show up or we'll play this. Yeah. Let's interview my tenure. Well, you're breaking up. Sorry, um, <laughs> my Monica. Shush. My colleague was saying you have to show up or we're going to play this recorded phone conversation on the podcast. <laughs> this one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. Yes, it's our city. It's our community. It's our podcast. Welcome back to the Boston Podcast. I am your host, David Yaz. I work for a company called USA 500 Clubs. I'm not going to tell you what that is. You're just going to have to keep listening torturously to future podcasts, and slowly by little bit by bit, I will reveal it. I'm sure that has titillated just about no one. But I might mention at this point that you can find all past installments of the Boston Podcast at thebostonpodcast.com. And uh, as we record this, we are winding up the great year of 2015. During that year, we interviewed the likes of Bob Lobel and Emily Rooney and Mike Dukakis and comedian Jimmy Tingle, who, like Mike Dukakis, unsuccessfully ran for president, albeit satirically. And uh, who else? Oh, I don't know. There's a bunch of other people. Just check it out. Today we have a special treat for you because we have a big shot and uh, we're having some fun with him already off the air because he was slightly late for this meeting and we've been picking on him. So we got him on his heels where we like our guest, but it's, uh, it's Doug Banks, the executive editor of the Boston Business Journal, which of course is the paper of record for you the... you guys get started yet? Thank you, Max Perlman, for entering the room loudly. And, uh, no down on the table. So as usual, part of the charm of this is we record this at Max's office. You can tell this is a professional operation at the law firm of Hirsch Roberts. And as you just loudly found out, Max is here. Thank you, Max. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure. Okay. Is there applause and, for that? And uh, yeah, sure. We'll get to I'm get a little bit of fake. Wait, no, I, he only deserves the golf applause for that, I think. And of course, th those, those are the delightful tones of Monica Singh. 
uh, a, a regular on the Boston podcast. She, of course, uh, assistant assistant general counsel. That's right. Assistant general counsel. Assistant, at, assistant to the general. Assistant counsel. to the general counsel <laughs> at Santa Fe, that um, wonderful biotech company here in Mass that we're all so proud of, in theory. Um, no, I'm not going to say anything bad about your company, Monica. I'll get you in trouble. Done that enough already. So, um, crickets. Where's the cricket? <laughs> here they are. Crickets coming out early today on the Boston podcast. So, how do you say crickets in French? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. You were the why, why French? What, what did it's I mean? a Parisian company. He's so funny. Uh, I didn't know. Santa Fe is, is, is not in Albuquerque. It's not near New Mexico. Okay, so. I didn't know that. He the thought, hub is in You thought it was yeah. for Santa Fe. That's the, that's the uh, New Mexico. All right. Santa Fe. <laughs> well, Doug Banks from the BBJ is nodding his head, so he must know, um, right. since he is at one with the Boston business community. But anyway, right. we're, we're going to stop being rude for just one minute. Welcome to the show, Doug. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me, albeit late. Yes. Sorry for... What were you doing? I was in a meeting that I had uh, scheduled inadvertently at the same exact time that I was supposed to be here. It was a meeting and not an interview, so it was like... We had four or five people from the Cambridge business community, so we were talking about uh, the difference between Cambridge and Boston. It was very enlightening. You don't cover uh, Cambridge, do you? We do. We cover all parts of the Charles River. Okay. See, I could have seen you standing up and saying, excuse me, folks, take a look at the logo here. It doesn't say Cambridge Business Journal. If you would like that, maybe start up your own stupid newspaper. Well, one of the problems in Cambridge is that they don't allow signs on any of the buildings, as far as I can tell. So Is that true? Uh, it had been for a long time, and it's very difficult for companies to get their, their logos on. Yeah. Jane Zine can tell you. Yeah. 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 So meaning, um, well, I mean, most buildings around town are privately owned, right? So even if a privately owned business wanted to, or, or owner wanted to sell the side of a, you know, to a billboard, it wouldn't be allowed. Uh, there's a process for branding a building, and in Cambridge, the process involves a, uh, going to City Hall and, and, uh, and spending weeks, months, perhaps years, convincing them that your, the name of your company has a right to be on their building that shines into either the community or other parts of, uh, of the but city. Yeah, You are allowed to put the word artisanal on anything, though. <laughs> if, 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 so if it said Tenafi artisanal, then you'd be okay. Which reminds me of something unrelated, and I just realized you're the perfect person to ask this. It's been bothering me for a while. I went to school in Philadelphia, and on virtually every corner downtown, there was a food cart, and they were kind of gross. Most of them were, it's Philly, so they were either, it was either cheesesteak or Chinese, but still, as a pretzels. college, as or pretzels, pretzels, good point. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, as a college kid, it was wonderful. Mm. They also made good breakfast. They, you know, you know, fresh eggs and bacon and a roll. Mm. Anyway, um, but in Boston, there were virtually none until about I want to say six or seven years ago, and now they're everywhere. Do you know why that happened? Uh, that is a great question. Yeah. I don't have you a know, good okay. answer other than that the mayor decided to finally allow it, and once. Uh, the late great Mayor Menino yeah. said it was okay, then it could get done. But I think it was probably less about Boston and more about where food was going and where people were going for food. Because, you know, Boston, like. Do you think it was always permissible and people just didn't do it? Um, I think that there were small, uh, unique places like that that existed before mm-hmm. it was a thing. I mean, so for instance, in college, I don't think people called it a food truck, right? They probably didn't. Like, I don't know. When I was in college, we yeah, had, we didn't call it trucks. We had a I food. What we called it. We well, are you talking truck. about food carts or food trucks? Because uh, there's a difference, right? So the oh, burrito, the burrito yeah. place, and the place that sh- you know that's Chuck selling, Burrow, you know, like, is an example of you know, one that was fried nuts, started as right? oh my god an outfit. 
By the way, fried nuts smell well, the so much better nuts, than right? they are. But, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, fried nuts. So you're talking about like the roasted nuts. Yeah. Roasted roasted nuts about food trucks. Those lead the list in terms of things that smell so much better than they actually are. Oh, totally. 100%. Um, yeah. What else goes in that category? Anything related Popcorn. to a sausage or a hot dog? Yeah, sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, sausage. Except, sausage. except maybe on Yaki Way. Those are... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they... Yeah. So, so how funny is it, getting back to the branding of buildings yeah. for a second... If you look in the in the new uh, seaport area, mm. there is a name on every building, like Vertex, PWC. I wonder what they're going to do with Goodwin. I mean, yeah. I mean Goodwin's probably going to have some sort of branding on this building. Wait, what do you mean? Wait, Goodwin. is Goodwin moving to the seaport? Yeah, of I knew that. Good, but Goodwin is building this huge Taj Mahal of, of law firms. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. But Vertex has the Just biggest sign, I think, on any building yeah. in the entire, including the Prudential probably, which is a good They've 40 feet good. higher. Yeah. Um, so I think it must have been part of the deal to move down there. We're going to let you throw your, your tramp stamp on, on whatever you need to. <laughs> so, I, mean, I think there's, uh, there's something to be said for that, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> there's something to be said about tramp stamps. If, if Dave took his shirt off right it's now, you'd know exactly. It would, Excuse would it say, me. Would it say I, Vertex? Wait, do you have a tramp stamp? <laughs> no, I do not. Masslers, you see, Exhibit A. Stop it. I... I was very proud of Exhibit A. Still, it remains the only newspaper ever about the law, but written for the layperson, as far as I know. Um, and I don't get out a lot. But um, yes, I have ink on my body, but I don't have a tramp stamp. That would be that would that would be tacky. That would really be tacky. that would be amazing. Nothing like the microphone on my left bicep. Um, so. Where's Doug, the, where his left bicep used to be. But I think the food truck question is oh. an interesting one. So I thought you were talking about food carts, but then well, if you look at the food, me, Sorry, go ahead. the food truck phenomenon right. is absolutely uh, it's big. I think it coincides with the Greenway. I think that you're seeing yeah. um, And I think it's just a national mm -hmm. phenomenon. I think you're seeing it everywhere. Every major city has, um, you know, these food trucks. Uh, they're all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it's, it's a fad, and there's yeah. the reality show about the mm -hmm. food truck. And the thing that's good about it is... I can tell you, these food trucks are much better than what I used to see in Philly, which Definitely. was just grease. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was yummy, but it was just grease. <laughs> the, the, here, they, they got all kinds of different... Uh, they try to out-cute one another, right? They try to out-chic one another or whatever, if food can be chic. But, you know, and, and the designs are cool. I don't know. Um, no, we what's, your, what's your favorite food cart? Uh, that's a great question. And um, I would say that uh, I have to go with Clover. Well, yeah. the, rose, like the, the rosemary, one. the rosemary French fries are not healthy, but they're this. Uh, it's as good as it gets. But the general theme is kind of healthy, right? Or is it just the, the illusion of health? I think. Why it, is it called clover? Do we know? Uh, that's a great question. I focus more on the food that I'm eating. It's probably I probably should know. Like yeah, it's probably organic. Yeah. But uh, there's a Mexican place I go to a lot that I'm not thinking. I'm not remembering the name. Like a, one of the taco. It's uh, yeah. It's a block yeah. from Dewey Square. That I usually go to. If it's a oh, truck, then it's a cart, though. It's not no, a truck. No, I'm talking about the truck. It's um, there's a, it's got a restaurant in Cambridge, and I'm just blanking on oh, the name. But. No, not the not the barbecue place. Uh, no, you said not Redbone. Never mind. Redbone. Does Redbone? Redbone. Red used to have, they have a truck. truck. I think it's Tanach. Okay. I mean, that's really so. People that have food trucks now, I think they're starting food trucks because they can't perhaps maybe get into a restaurant space, mm -hmm. and it gives them the platform to gain a followership, and then. Hopefully, well, matriculate yeah. that. The I'll restaurants give you an are pissed off, though, right? I mean, the restaurants are pissed. I'm I sure they I are. Mean, Absolutely, I, they are. I, I think there's room for both. Um, one of the most successful examples of that, I believe, it started as a food truck. I frankly didn't um, buy onto it until I saw it as a storefront. But Mother Juice is is amazing. Do you know Mother Juice? I've seen it. So Mother Juice is in both Boston Public Market, and mm -hmm. um, their first location was in Kendall Square, 
and it's amazing. It's like all organic juices and smoothies, but it's a, it's an experience and a feeling. And I believe it started as a truck, and then they sort of got enough okay. money. And is it the one off, off School Street? Um, so there is not no Mother Juice is is now in Kendall and it's in the Boston Public Market and they just signed a lease for a place on Newbury Street. So what's your favorite? I'm not sponsored by Mother Juice. No, but I love it. But Mother but Juice, Mother Juice, Mother Juice, Mother Juice right is now. amazing, and in the I love hat that them. Says Mother Juice on the yeah, right. front. Yeah. If you want to be a sponsor of the Boston podcast, we might be able to squeeze you in. Brought to you by Mother Juice. Sorry, but you were saying, <laughs> what is your favorite read. thing? Yeah, what, no, what's your favorite uh, food truck? I mean, I don't think I frequent food food trucks as often. I'm gluten free now, right? So, or semi gluten free. But I used to really like the grilled cheese um, and Harvard Yard. They have, I know, is he doing some sort of sound effects that are boring? Yeah. Yeah. The cycle violence. Um. <laughs> we need new sound effects. So there used to be a grilled cheese that was, that was one. Kind of I, maybe it was like. Roxy's grilled cheese? I don't even know, but in yeah. Harvard yeah, Yard, yeah. in Harvard Yard, they have like a bunch of them, and that was the one that I think that I first developed. Like the okay, I really like this. Well, the grilled cheese isn't that the guys that were on the the reality show with the guys with the with the handlebar mustaches? They, they, I, I think that was grilled cheese like truck from what, Boston. What is it called? Food Truck Nation or something? Yeah. Is like. Do you a, have a favorite food truck, Max? No. Uh, you no, gotta get out of the office. No. See, uh, I think the restaurants are pissed, and you know. Oh, they're absolutely pissed. I've heard, I've heard that they're pissed, right? Because they're they're, they're renting all this, you know, this real estate, yeah. and yeah. then these truck, like in Liberty Square, for example, you've got places like Pita Time, and there's a few yeah. other places that are built, and these trucks just come park and have lines. Yeah. It must be infuriating for these folks who have signed these long-term leases to to run these restaurants to have people dining out of these 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 trucks that, that come and go. See, and I guess I don't see the difference because <clears throat> it's the same as having competition right next to you. I mean, arguably, if you're moving around... But, but competition needs to be fair. So so, the, so PETA time is paying a lease. Per square foot. They're paying per square yeah. foot. They're, the, they're actually... Right, they're, they're the revenue per square foot has got to be much lower, right? Yeah. Because the square foot... And the landlords have to, be, have to be upset, too, because... They, because I would say yes, except that PETA time has a line out the door every day for about does. two hours. It's so delicious. It's so where, good. Where is PETA time? That's why you said Liberty Square. If that was a food Ooh, truck, good I would simply hijack yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so yeah, pita time is yeah, one thing, but what if, um, I mean, guys, listen, what if the food trucks put out of business a little mom and pop shop like Panera? So, I mean, that would be a crime, right? <laughs> Poor Panera. It was a joke. I think Thank it's terrible. Where's my fake laugh? Panera's not that I know it's not that Panera's, it's all about competition. Panera's the bane of my existence. It's all about competition. Just take from Santa Fe and we'll cure it. That's right. Oh my God. I will say this, though, David. I don't think college students are paying now. for food trucks. That's not true. Doug, pardon me while I quiet down the staff. Guys, our guest is trying to make a point. Yes, Doug, you were saying. I was just going to say, I don't think poor college students are, are going to food trucks for lunch. I mean, the, the, the price yeah. for a lunch is not cheaper. No, you're, you're paying, right. You're paying 10 bucks for a you know, It feels for a cheaper, lunch. though. Yeah, because it's in a crappy paper carton, but the food is still, I mean, Clover, you get French fries, so you're like well, six bucks for the fries, and you're in it for 12 bucks for lunch. But Clover's organic, and like that, so so there's two different kinds of food trucks, and I think that's, that's Chicken part Chicken and Rice Guys is like eight bucks, though, I mean, you're still That's part paying. of the evolution. Yeah. Like, I think it started with food trucks at their basics, started with like greasy, yummy, quick food, and right. it's now progress to entire restaurant food that you can get quickly uh, yeah. um, and it's more expensive but you're right it, everything's more expensive I mean that's like a whole other conversation mm-hmm. as the Great assistant story. producer can we go to break real quick and rich. because I want to come out of this I want to get, go to food truck get a little food <laughs> and then I want to talk about this newspaper I think, I think okay alright so we're actually going to get down to business as it were and that's a good segue because we're talking with Doug Banks from the Boston Business Journal and um 
when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about trends in business. We'll talk about uh, other things that Doug has covered over the course of his 20-plus year career in journalism. And we'll take your phone calls, except <laughs> we, we can't do that at the podcast. Sorry. Join us, Boston Podcast. This is Marlo Fogelman, and you're listening to the Boston Podcast. Good. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Usually it's like three. Welcome back to the Boston Podcast, where Monica's still talking about, um, Mother juice. what is it? Mother juice, your favorite <laughs> cart turned whatever, health nut, weirdo. I mean, um, it sounds like Mom. a great place. Anyway. Sing the t- jingle. Go ahead. Just sing it. <laughs> we're talking with Doug Banks, the executive editor of the Boston Business Journal. He's been in journalism since he was, I think, about seven years old. No, since uh, your humble beginnings and back in 92, where you, uh, LinkedIn, don't fail me now. Um, uh, New Hampshire, I think you started? Daily Hampshire Gazette. Hampshire County. Close. Hampshire County. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you from New Hampshire? Hampshire? Way off. I am not. No, Hampshire no. County. Yeah, Hampshire State. County. I, I graduated Monica UMass Amherst. Yeah, graduated UMass Amherst Hampshire. and started working. Yeah. Um, right, out of the, right out of school, which was, if you recall, in 92 was... Uh, a nice handy dandy recession so I got pretty lucky to get a job sure yeah I was getting out of school I worked for the Department of Housing and Urban Development in Providence it was as glamorous as it sounds real glamour job to me. so uh, why why stay in journalism all these years I mean it's it's kind of a dying industry to, that's a great I question. read about that in the Boston Business Journal yes it uh, it is an industry that is uh, going through lots of disruption if yeah. you will uh, in 2012 when we merged Mass High Tech, which is where I was the editor and publisher, with the Boston Business Journal, I left journalism for three years. So I actually just came back into journalism. So I and left you work for you, Mass. Journalism to go into higher ed, which was another mm-hmm. disrupted, uh, fractured, <laughs> uh, you know, imploding industry. Mm-hmm. Although their schools and campuses are lasting longer than most most newspapers. So yeah. So I came back in. You uh, know what you should try next? Food cart. Yeah. I was thinking of driving a cab, or because well, I know Uber. the cab industry is so strong. Well, you get to see the state. Yeah. Oh, right, cab. Yeah. No, just straight to Uber. Right. That's it. Um, no, but at least then I'd be on the winning side. No, but do you still? So I mean, listen, I was in uh, journalism in some fashion for 15 years at Lawyers Weekly, and um, when we got to do the quote-unquote real journalism and not just sort of the the sort of black and white reporting on the law. It was among the most fun things I've ever done, and and it's it's you know for those that uh, don't know, you can imagine how much fun something like this could be. You're trying to get to the bottom of something. Yep. You're hunting around. You're yep. trying to find something that um, no one else has found before, and then be able to present it in a creative, readable way that you're going to be very proud of. Um, uh, but you know, again, it's it's the 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 opportunities to do that seem a little bit fleeting these days, but. Does it still keep you going? Is that why you, is that why you stuck with it? Yeah, I think that it's um, it's actually the opportunities to find information uh, has never been more plentiful. Information is so easy to come by. The challenge is finding an audience, which is so fractured. So mm-hmm. you know, trying to find readers and grab their attention for more than 
you know, a certain number of minutes a day. I mean, 20 years ago, people would spend, you know, X amount of time per day uh, reading their newspaper. Today, it's far fewer minutes. And yet, when it comes to how we consume news, you know, ask uh, any data point, New York Times or anybody will tell you, people are consuming more news now than they ever were. It's just yeah. that they're doing it from more sources. Uh, it's on the fly, so you're looking at it on your phone instead of sitting down and reading the paper. So it's really, I mean, people are consuming it more than they've ever consumed it, but they're getting it from all these other sources, like podcasts, Dave. Sure, yes. We're doing God's work right here. Cutting edge stuff, uh, he says as he inserts a Simpson joke. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I gotta say that. Go ahead, um, Max. Max, could you lean a little bit more towards the mic? Yeah. I've got to say that that um, such a, for for what I do, and I represent companies, and and a lot of the companies I represent are in the high tech industry. This is this is my Bible. I, I read this every single week, and I love it. And it's a great. I, I and I don't, I don't even know if I like you yet. That's so. I, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kissing your butt here. This is this. I think anybody who represents businesses in this state who doesn't read this is nuts. This is where it's all happening. You learn about who the players are. You learn about the trends, and and you guys do a great job on a, on a number of fronts. Thank you. So I, I just want to get that out there. Um, let, let me ask you. So high tech, you guys are really centered on high tech, and yep. and, and for good reason. You, it sounds like you came from mass high tech. Yep. I didn't know that. But um, so what are some big high tech stories that you think are coming down the coming down the pipe this year? Uh, that's. That's a great question. So yeah, I was the editor of Mass High Tech, which is our sister journal, uh, covered the business of technology and life sciences from 2005 to 2010, and I became publisher, uh, responsible for the P&L of the company for mm-hmm. two years before Sell we yeah. put them into, I like to think of it as being in control of that which was otherwise going to kill me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we merged them did, into the so. business journal, so now you're seeing all that high tech coverage and yep. life sciences coverage in the journal, uh, yeah, which right. used to be an MHT. So, the biggest stories coming, I mean, I think that the biggest story right now is probably the transportation, and that's not just mm. affecting technology, I think it's affecting everyone. So I was, you know, mentioning earlier that we were meeting with some companies from Cambridge. Uh, you know, transportation in Cambridge is, is an absolute nightmare. You can't drive there. The T is not the most reliable transportation uh, mode, so, you know, and they haven't put enough bike lanes just because for all those they're sending out, Just because they're sending out bikes. cars without drivers, without conductors? We're talking I mean, about we're talking about uh, Kendall in, the, in this kind of centers of innovation. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, look, I mean, if Kendall at, Square could get, if you could get Google to combine with MBTA, you wouldn't need drivers, right? Because Google would just put all this up. <laughs> well, actually, no themselves. joke. When I heard that story, I mean, a joke, but you heard that story about the train that left the station without the conductor. I think a lot of people said, there are conductors on those things? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, no, like what do you need one for? Um, Apparently so, to break. <laughs> so, but but uh, so the tease it, Monica, keep loudly turning the pages. Can you please? We need that sound effect because to show that we're actually reading the BBJ <laughs> and that the BBJ is still in print. It's still in print. Which is still always, in print, always, which like is God, God, God bless. Ink on my hands. I know. It's God true. bless you, right? Yeah. But um, so, but what is the upshot of that? So, uh, it, this, does this also have to do with ca- you? You mentioned cabs earlier, so joking. Cabs are failing. Uber and whatever that other Uber-like thing is. Lyft. Left, so we're right, talking yeah. about transportation yeah. as an emergent issue. In business. In business and high tech. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. So, you, so we're not just you, talking about how we solve transportation technologically. We're talking about how it's going to impact the community. Yes. Yeah, so if you're a life sciences company in Cambridge, for example, and we get two feet of snow on a Sunday night, how do your lab technicians get in there to keep those Petri dishes Absolutely. bubbling like mm. they're supposed to, right? So yeah, you know, right? Genzyme's probably dealt with this last winter. Yeah. You can't, it's not like if you're Google, because people can tele, telecommute or whatever, life sciences companies have labs and, and you have to keep those things, whatever they do. They add water to this and they mm. bubble that and they, you know, all that stuff. So 
people have to get to work. Um, it's a it's a huge issue. The cost of the cost of transportation is an issue. The reliability is an issue. Um, I mean, it's all it's a it's a big important topic. Do you guys, I'm, I'm you with you on that. Do you, do you remember the movie um, Singles with yes. uh, Matt Dillon and um, who was the dude? Uh, mm, Kira Cedric was the female lead, and his uh, Colin Campbell maybe. I'm gonna have to look it up. Anyway, his dream was to build a super train in Seattle, and he like pitched it to the. Uh, Mayor played uh, ably by um, Tom Skerritt, and it got shot down, and it was like crushed his soul. Like he, that was his big dream to have a train. Did to, you just watch so, it yesterday? No, I just <laughs> I just I remember crap like that. But um, he does. But is there it's an amazing. innovator out there that has like the new big thing, or or is it just a bunch of like the Uber people? And then I mean, what else? I mean, it's not like someone's going to invent like. Is someone going to come to town and pitch the monorail? Okay, one monorail? word for you. Gondolas. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Gondolas. If we can just get enough duck boats you know, together, just string them together, and you just keep moving people back and forth. No, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Draper Lab in Cambridge did a, uh, did a study a couple years ago where they, uh, they, they wired up all of the traffic lights in Cambridge just to be able to make them smart lights so you, didn't, mm. so you could actually align the, the, the red lights and the green lights and, and not cause, you know, to avoid gridlock. Um, I, you know, I don't know whatever happened with that. I think at some point you get too many cars on a road, it's going to lock up no matter what you do. But mm-hmm. uh, I think what needs to be done for transportation is somebody needs to be the personification of the problem so everybody can blame that person. Mm-hmm. Because if we have somebody to blame, that person will actually do something about the problem. But right? it didn't help with the T. Like when I'm sitting MBTA in traffic, yet. I drive yeah. in from the South Shore. When I drive in, I'm thinking I'm sitting on 93 and wishing I could blame an individual yeah. for this. And there's nobody who I can think of. I do, I do that too. It's like, uh, who do I need to punch? To take up my aggression, yeah. right? By the, the governor, way, but the governor's probably too high for that. You know, so and he's done, and he's actually done more than most, right? I mean, he's yeah. actually trying to fix the problem. And he's, uh, transportation secretary uh, Stephanie Pollock's working on it, and uh, you know, the mayor, Boston mayor's working on uh, technologies to have you know private garages rent their parking spaces so you can sort of alleviate some of the parking problems. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of technological solutions on how technology can solve the problem, yeah. but. At the end of the day, we, all the systems need to work. How about the, the e- EMC Delmo uh, merger? What do we think about that in the, in the coming year? It's, it's huge. I, I think it's, I shouldn't say merger. Dell's buying EMC. Yeah, I mean right. it's it's absolutely an acquisition. I think that uh, I think it's going to hit Metro West harder than most people have really reported it yet. Oh. Talked about. I think that there's going to be a. They've said that they're going to try to you know they're going to keep a lot of jobs here and it's going to be an important part of Dell, but. There's got to be duplicative jobs, right? So, you know, HR, accounting, you know, all those back office functions. If I was, you know, some sort of mid-level accountant and, you know, and I had a house in Hopkinton, I'd be, I would absolutely be scared out of my wits right now. Yeah. And How about not, the nonprofit and charitable communities? EMC is a huge, I mean, EMC is one of those kind of go-tos. Yeah. If you're having an event, you go to EMC and say, what, what level do you want to sponsor this at? And they yeah. usually are good about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, how in the world are, are those... Sponsorship's going to be fill, get filled up. It's well, going to be I think yeah, it's an issue for a lot else. of the loss of headquarter companies here. It yeah. is has been an issue and will be. I mean, you know, it goes back to eight years ago when we lost, uh, you know, when Gillette got bought by P and G, or yeah. when you know uh, John Hancock and Manulife. I mean, there was a big hue and cry at that time. And I mean, largely, you know, Fleet Boston gets bought by Bank of America, and you know, some of it has been borne out, right? Bank of America is still a big philanthropic contributor, but. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I think you've you've seen a lot, so I think we will see a lot of that. 
again, it's a and it's a problem as some of these newer companies that are growing up and technology is a good example. So HubSpot, Wayfair, they're you know they've had big IPOs. They don't have tens of thousands of employees. They've got you know maybe a thousand or a couple thousand, but they're not giving back to the community in the same way at the no. same level that those. Maybe there needs to be an initiative to, to make those companies understand how important it is to fill that to fill that void. Yeah, well, even Genzyme's a good example too, right? Genzyme was very philanthropic, and now with Santa Fe, the owner, I don't know that it's the same level that it used to be. It's it's hard. As your counsel, Monica, but at this time. Um, uh, by the way, I know everyone's worried about it. The actor I referred to in the movie Singles was uh, Colin, uh, sorry, uh, 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 Campbell Scott, right? Everyone remembers him. Who's he, Campbell Scott? Campbell Scott, he was you know, the lead in Singles in 1992. He followed that up with about three dozen movies you've never heard of. Yes, Monica, you can peruse the IMDb page if you like. So, but, um, but Doug, tell me, um, so to me, the, a lot of the fun of your job would be discovering that person who's got an innovation, an idea for a business that you just go, holy crap, that, I can't believe any, no one ever thought of that. I can't, that, this sounds like it's going to be a game changer. Yep. Um, if that's so, give us some examples over the years of things that you've enjoyed covering. Man, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, it happens so frequently, and I don't know whether it's just because I'm wired like a reporter where all I'm thinking about is my next story, but generally, once we write a story and it's gone, it's out of my consciousness. I'm on to the next. <laughs> I mean, I'd have, to, I'd, have, I'd have to really think about it because so much has changed. Yep. So it's, and it changes so fast, right? Um, I don't but know. Do, 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 they, do, do you hunt for these things? Do they come to you? Does your phone ring and people say, hey, you really should do something? It doesn't, I mean, it, it rings. Don't get me wrong. It yeah. rings, but uh, it doesn't ring as, as often as you might think. And there's a lot of competition. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's there's a lot of media companies that are, you know, a lot of blogs out there. They all, they all want to break news. So, um, I mean, probably in the last year, our biggest story was probably the Olympics coverage. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. we, yeah, I think we did a pretty good job of, of covering that, explaining why it, you know. I can't wait for it. I can't. I, I bought my tickets already. I know. Me too. It's gonna I can't be, wait. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, they're not. They're didn't not happen? No. No. Sorry, it? guys. Oh, oh shoot. So, um, this is 2024. <laughs> did you? You'll, you'll, uh, right, yeah. You'll have to go to Hamburg or some other place. Our grandchildren. Actually, Hamburg also decided they didn't want to host it, so they're out too now. It's going to L.A. Yeah, I... Wait, it's not really going to LA, right? Where, did, right. The, where did that one? You think it's going to oh, LA? I still hasn't been awarded yet. It will be awarded. I'm oh. calling it now. You can. You're calling LA? it for I'm LA? It right now. Back so it. It will did be. it work out well the last time it was in LA? I don't it know. It was good. It's 84. Dust off all those old stadiums that they haven't used yeah. it since. Yeah, it was 84. Was that the dream? Yeah. Is that the first year of the dream team? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah, Michael Jordan. Right. Oh, that was a good Olympics. So. Uh, how do you know? Like, I imagine you get people that people that have business ideas that are entrepreneurs, and what they're really looking for is is to you know build their company. And as part of that plan, they say you got to write a story about this. We, we've got this innovation. Absolutely, it's you know air conditioning for bicycles. It's really great. And how do you figure out whether it is uh, legit or if it's um, just a, a silly idea that's never going to get off the ground? So in technology, I think it's what what I found that's interesting about technology companies is a lot of times a company will have a really innovative idea and they think they have the right market for it. So it could be a company that gets half a million dollars in funding. It's got two or three employees. We might write about it. We might not. I mean, right now the threshold, because there's so much capital in the markets, if a company doesn't have a few million dollars, it's probably going to fly under the radar for us at this point. I mean, there's so much, so much money there. But... 
you know, oftentimes what will happen is a company will come out of the gate saying, well, this is what our solution is, right? So air conditioning for bicycles. <laughs> Turns out that air conditioning for bicycles is not the best place for that. But air conditioning... Actually, with my luck, in two months, like, someone's going to come up with that, <laughs> and it's going to be the big thing. And then... You Sorry, know, No, that's fine. So then, the, so some other thing might need coolant, and it could be some, you know, rooftop solar that was, you know, shorting out. Nobody could figure out what it was. And, oh, there's this bicycle company that has the exact kind of, you know, coolant technology that we needed. Next thing you know, the company goes bankrupt. They buy the patent on the, you know, for dime on the dollar, and then they use the same thing. So... Um, so we'll write about companies, and, and then they'll read about it in the pages of the BBJ or you know on our website, and they're like, oh, that's what we need, and then they'll call them up, and some you know hopefully we're covering the. So have you guys generation. ever had? Can I ask just because it's on topic for once for me? Have you ever had an idea, anyone in the room, uh, that was like that should be a thing, and then you never did anything about it, and then a couple of years later it actually comes to be? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, mm. I, and I, I know that I have, but it, it, I can't yeah, remember. I can't think of you had this, this thing called the internet, that was your idea, for example. <laughs> and I thought I think you were just saying. link everybody electronically. Yeah. It would be just great. Mine was that I started talking with my cousins <laughs> about uh, a new magazine, and it's, it was going to be for the generation, like our generation. Of, Is Jonas your cousin? Yeah, yeah, he was, he, he was. Yeah, my weird cousin Jonas was involved on the, in these conversations. He comes up from time to time, uh, just go with it. Anyway, but um, we were going to do it. It was going to be a very hip magazine, a lot of pop culture stuff, references to magazines. Then it was also going to have like, uh, you know, attractive actresses in it and everything. Maxim. Yeah. And then like two years later, Maxim came out and we all went, yeah, yeah, that was our idea. Uh, too late. <laughs> right? too late. Right? We didn't do anything about it. thought about George. George. Yeah. <laughs> Well, except you're going to fashion with politics. <laughs> you're going to call it Max, though, right? Um, I, would I, George have made it if if he didn't pass away? George is awful. George, George is, I, yeah, and I, I bought the first few issues, and then I thought to myself, "What am I doing? Why, why am I spending my time reading?" We're George? running out of people to dress up like George Washington. Right. Yeah, Monica, you were saying. Oh, I, I just wanted to know. So, what is your target readership, and is it changing? People who are going to the um, bathroom. That, that's. <laughs> 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 That's what they make it a perfect like the only. Because I gotta tell you, so, there's only so, so much left in um, print. So. You know, I'm familiar with the BBJ, and and obviously, uh, I, I don't read it as religiously as, as my friend Max over here. It's but awesome. um, but I, I highly endorse it. But I do think that um, you know it it offers quite a lot. One of the things that I'm struck by on this particular edition of of this uh, BBJ, you have. Uh, a picture of a, a you know handsome CEO of, of a clothing company, Ministry of Supply, which I've heard of, yep. men's clothing company, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, are, are you is it a conscious shift to gain different kinds of readership, or do you feel like this is just consistent? It happens to be topical for this particular edition. Are you saying that the idea to put an attractive young man on the cover? No, I, you know, I, so you've been staring at it for a while. It seems to have worked <laughs> no, on you. No, no, no. We were aiming <laughs> specifically for a younger female demographic right, for this right, week. Right, right, right. This no, is no, sweeps no. I don't know this person. But, but what I guess I'm saying is that, um, you know, how. so we talked at the outset about how, uh, you know, this this kind of journalism is a dying brand. I don't know. Is that what you said? No, um, well, well, print, so it, it, but, but, but as print, Doug points print. out, yeah. So, so I guess what I'm asking really is: is are you are you consciously trying to expand your readership, or even more highly focus it in some ways in order to capture? How do you catch younger readers? Isn't yeah. that what you're saying? Sorry. Yeah. So, well, well, so our your original question I think is what what's who's our audience? Mm-hmm. Our audience is business people in Greater Boston and the state of Massachusetts, primarily from you know sort of Worcester in. I mean, Worcester has its own business journal; they're not part of our chain, but. 
Um, I mean, so four ninety five in. Doug, we have a lot of listeners in Springfield. You just pissed them off. <laughs> well, no, we're. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We just... Well, our oh, orange. <laughs> <laughs> our parent company is Advanced Publications, which also owns the Springfield Republican. So we feel a certain okay. brethren to the the Republicans. So that's that's my uh, my olive branch to uh, sure. to the four one three. But uh, no, I mean, I we're we're focused on business people, and so. Business people, particularly upper-level execs who make decisions mm-hmm. that can grow their business, that can simplify the professional lives of them and their employees. So what does that mean? It, it means that these are business-to-business uh, decisions. We're not a consumer publication. There's you know dailies and others that can write about business from a consumer standpoint. I mean, this is people who either own a business or who are working uh, in a business that's working with other businesses, right? So we're a B2B publication, and um, if you're 22 and you're the CEO of a company, then yeah, we're for you. But if you're 22 and you're just starting in your business career, and uh, you know, chances are we're not writing about you. But if you aspire to do something more in your company, you probably want to read it, right? I mean, it's it's an aspirational read because we're writing about your boss um, and your managers. So um, we're looking for diversity of everything: diversity of opinion, diversity of thought. So we're looking for younger people. In this case, it was a you know a story about uh, the f- technology of fashion. Um, you may have heard that the textile industry in Massachusetts was was big. Yeah. You know, back 150 years ago, it's well, guess what? It's big today in a different way. So, you know, we're we're writing about anything, anything uh, that's important to business. Is that why there aren't any five star hotels in Lowell because the textile business isn't quite what it used to be? Well, f- funny you should say that Lowell's big. They've actually got a lot of resurgence. UMass Lowell is driving a tremendous amount of economic development there. So they've got sort of healthcare and education is big there. But no, they've redeveloped most of those mills into condos. And, well, I, I yeah. bite my tongue then. Yeah, it's I. I guess they're not like Worcester, which Worcester is like the, the town that's up and coming and always will be. Uh, anyway, look out, Utica. Look up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Worcester. I have so many friends in Worcester. Dave, slice that out later. I was okay. born there. Can, can I? Ask you really? you? Okay, yes. I, I take it all back. What, love can, what can the business community do to help you guys? Because obviously, we'd love to help you because we'd love to to get. The benefits of knowing uh, of knowing the Boston Business Journal and maybe get be able to have the influence to play something. See, that's why you're a good producer. You guys don't you guys don't do podcasts per se. It's funny you mention that. Are yep. we off? Are we off the air? Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> no! Not yet. We're, um, we're looking we're looking at doing at, at starting a podcast. We've actually had a couple of people come to us, and uh, the reporters are ready to go. They want to do it. They really want to do it. We're so stretched. We have five newsletters a day that go out. They've, you know, they've got. We've got 15, 20 stories hitting the website every day. I mean, they're so stretched. I've actually held them back from it, but I do think that in twenty sixteen, you you'll see a podcast okay. of some kind. That would be a. If we right knew now. we were auditioning for that, we would. Have, <laughs> <laughs> we would it, this would have been a much different show. Um, we would have given you a better drink. Um, so uh, the, the, uh, we're kind of hitting the hour here, kids. So any final thoughts or questions for Doug? While you're thinking, uh, tell us how we subscribe to the BBJ, learn about the BBJ, get in touch with you, etc. You can just go to www.bizjournals.com slash Boston. And uh, you can subscribe to any of our newsletters or our print edition, which just comes out every Friday. And uh, yeah, we'd love to Can love people to uh, tweet you? Yes, yeah, I am at uh, E Doug Banks at E, e Doug Banks at E Doug Banks. And what's um, you stand for? Uh, my first name is Edward. Yeah, those people huh. with their first initials, unbelievable. Yeah, pretentious. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Looking at you, Cyrus Max Perlman. <laughs> um, so, um, 
Excellent. Listen, Doug, you're a good sport. We were, we were, we were a little bit uh, off the wall with you today, but we appreciate it. And, um, hey, check out the Boston Business Journal. As Max Perlman says, it's the Bible. It's your Bible, Max. And, um, you know, you might, you might try the actual Bible now and again, given your lifestyle. Crying a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Doug Banks. Did you enjoy it? A I little, did. Doug? Thank you very much for having me. All right. Get in touch with Doug and subscribe to the BBJ. Check it out. And check out all past episodes of this podcast on thebostonpodcast.com. Monica, final thoughts, words of wisdom? She's got a, she's got a mouthful of wine, which... Uh, Okay. So thank you for putting this guy on the cover. Thanks for putting the sexy CEO on the cover. All right. On that random note, see you next time on the Boston Podcast.